Welcome to the Business Finishing School Podcast, the Financial Battleship Edition. Learn how to regain liquidity, use, and control of your cash while harnessing the power of uninterrupted compounding. Become a wealth creator. Here's your host, President and CEO of Living Wealthy Financial, Teresa Kuhn. This is the BFS call for Financial Battleship for December 2019. My name is Kristen Kolka, and of course, I have Teresa Kuhn on the line as well. Hi, Teresa. Well, hello, Kristen. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you today? Very well. So excited to be here and to share one of my favorite topics on the whole battleship strategy conversation. Yes, me too. And so today we're going to be diving even deeper into how policy loans work and why it really matters what insurance company you use, uh, because each insurance company is a little bit different as far as how they actually treat policy loans when it comes to crediting dividends after you've borrowed against your policy. But before we get too far into that, Teresa, Um, Let's start by having a discussion around what dividends are and how they actually work. Great. I think that's a good place to start. So dividends are basically um, credited to a whole life insurance policy. Um, And they're based on, there's a lot of, I think, misinformation out there as to what dividends are. But number one, it is based with a whole life insurance policy. Um, The whole life insurance policy guarantees to increase that value every single year in your policy until it endows at age 121. And just a warning, we are going to be using some technical language. We will try to uh, keep it as simple as possible and as in plain English as possible. Um, Because some of these concepts really are simple, but the language we have to use um, makes it seem like it's a totally foreign um, concept when it really is very, very basic. So increase in cash value just means an amount that the policy is guaranteed to grow by every single year. And dividends are paid on top of that, but they're not guaranteed. And there are certain factors that determine the dividend interest rate, but just think about it as um, profits that the insurance company credits back to the policyholders. And one of my favorite ways of explaining the type of companies that we work with, which are mutual insurance companies, all that means is that the insurance company uh, is there to benefit its policyholders. They're not owned by shareholders. And so any profits left over at the end of the year go back to benefit the policyholders. Very similar to credit unions uh, versus banks. Banks tend to be stock companies uh, owned by shareholders and credit unions are there to benefit their members. And so if there's any profit left over, it typically goes to uh, different programs and plans and interest rates paid back to the members. 
I remember years ago, Kristen, I um, were members of the Pentagon Federal Credit Union because we used to live in D.C. And they had an offer for 0% financing for life. Oh, my goodness. And you say, how can they do that? Well, because it's member driven. And so they must have been so profitable that they said, well, let's offer, you know, 0% financing for life. Um, and it was a limited amount of money. So you couldn't like, you know, do 100,000, maybe it was 20, 25,000. And this was years before we knew about bank on yourself. So we financed a car, truly 0%. Um, so Kristen, why don't you share how actually the factors that determine what dividend interest rate is credited to a policy? Yeah, so there's three factors that insurance companies use when it comes to determining what that dividend interest rate is. Um, the first one, and again, um, you mentioned Trace, so this is a little bit of jargon. Um, so just trying to keep it simple. Um, the first one is their mortality expense and their profitability. So basically what that means is, you know, as uh, the function of a life insurance policy, there are claims that will be paid out each year. Um, and insurance companies try to predict when those claims will be filed based on life expectancy and other factors. Um, so if the insurance company has a year where perhaps they're paying out less claims than they thought they would, then they're going to be more profitable than they expected. And they're going to share those profits with their um, policyholders in the form of dividends. Um, along those lines, if their expenses are less than they expect, uh, expected them to be, then they get to share those profits with the policyholders as well. Um, in addition to any investments that they are making on the behalf of the policyholders. If they're doing better than expected with their investments, then they share those profits with their policyholders as well. And that's really, you know, again, the benefit of having a policy with a mutual insurance company is that they're really working for the profit um, and the benefit of their policyholders. And that's not going to a third party or a stockholder. And really very simply, if you think about how business operates, how your business might operate, right? You've got um, revenue that comes in, you've got expenses, overhead, right? Uh, if your business is life insurance, you've got to pay off, you know, the death claims of those um, policyholders that have died. And then you've got any returns that your investments have made. And so any money left over is profit. And that's what gets credited to the policy. So the jargon um, is a little bit frustrating. It's something Chris and I deal with every single day as we're trying to explain, you know, concept that can be really simple, but in the language as licensed professionals, we are required to use. So thank you for bearing with us. Right, absolutely. So going into some more terms that are really important to know. Um, so we clarified, you know, what a mutual insurance company is. Um, one of the ways that a mutual insurance company can work in favor for its policyholders is by choosing to continue to pay dividends to a policy that has an outstanding loan balance. Um, so those type of policies are the, or those type of companies are the companies that we work with and they're called non-direct recognition companies because they do not recognize that a loan's been taken, 
when they credit dividends to their policyholders. So why does that matter? And Kristen, we've had this conversation for years. There are some uh, in the industry that say it doesn't really matter. But we're of the opinion, the very strong opinion that it does matter. And in fact, all of our companies are non-direct recognition. We will not place business with a company that is not a non-direct recognition company. So why is it so important? Why does it matter? Right. Well, it comes back to our last podcast, right, which was on uninterrupted compounding. So if you're borrowing against your policy and you're still earning a dividend and still growing the cash that you've borrowed against your policy, then you don't interrupt the compounding of that cash value. So as that cash value is accumulating, it's going to benefit you. The other way it benefits you is once you start taking money from the policy in retirement to supplement your retirement income. If you're taking that income as loans and you're still receiving dividends on the money that you've borrowed out, you know, again, you're not interrupting that compounding and you actually end up being able to take far more money out of your policy than you would have if your policy was with a company that did recognize that that money was gone when they credited the dividend. And we're not talking about, you know, pennies. We're talking about, in some instances, hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not millions of dollars. Because if you think about, you know, the power of uninterrupted compounding, and if you start your policy when you're in your 40s or 50s, 60s even, and you're taking or expecting to take income out for years and years and years, if you've got your cash value continuing to increase, you know, compound, right? Um, Even though you've taken some of that money out versus you're not getting that uninterrupted compounding on the entire amount, that adds up. And we know that we've got podcast listeners here, so you can't see the numbers, but trying to keep it really, really simple We've got a case study, um, direct recognition company versus non-direct recognition company. And the owner has $1.9 million in cash value at age 65 with both companies. And they take annual loans of $120,000 a year for retirement income. And just so you remember, these are tax-favored loans. They do not trigger taxable events. So basically, you're talking about $120,000 of income that that you're not paying taxes on. So quite, quite tremendous, right? Right there. But on the policy that is direct recognition, he's able to take out $1.6 million before the policy runs out of cash. And in the non-direct recognition the policy owner takes out um, a total of $1.9 million and is able to take out, um, let's see, he has $1.9 million cash value at age 65, takes out his $120,000 for retirement income, same as the direct recognition, but he's able to take out money until he's age 93 before the policy runs out of cash. So a total of $3,360,000 versus $1,680,000, twice as much, put in the same amount of money 
into the policies for the same period of time, that is a huge difference. And Kristen, that doesn't even account for whatever growth on loans that this person took out while they were using the policy when they were younger, when they were paying into the policy, if they bought cars or um, a new roof or took trips, that doesn't count into any of the equation. Right, right. So, you know, if he was using his policy when he was younger to self-finance those things, and he's also benefiting from all the interest that he didn't lose, all the dividends that he didn't lose um, by borrowing against his policy. Huge difference. It is a huge difference. So, Teresa, we have this case study um, that we'd be happy to share with the listeners of the podcast. Um, and of course, you know, we're happy to talk to the listeners about their own situations, um, you know, show them how these policies can work specifically for them. If there are any listeners today that like to get more information about the financial battleship strategy, you can call us at 1-800-382-0830 or email us at info at livingwealthyfinancialgroup.com. And Teresa or I would be happy to speak with you. Absolutely. And we hope that you got a lot out of today's recordings and all of our, our podcasts. Uh, there's a lot of great information out there. And at the end of the day, it's about empowering you with information on what we believe is one of the most powerful financial strategies out there that where you could put your money and make your dollars work so much harder for you than any other investment or safe money strategy out there. Yes. Yep. And we're coming up to the end of the year, about to start a new year in 2020. Um, I know that we're excited to bring a lot more great content to the podcast. Um, I would say, Teresa, if anyone has a suggestion for what they'd like to hear from us, they can always write to us as well and give us suggestions. Absolutely. Yep. All right. Well, Teresa, I hope that you have a wonderful holiday season and same with all the listeners out there in the Business Finishing School community. And we'll talk to you in 2020. Absolutely. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year's. Thank you for tuning in to the Business Finishing School podcast, where we teach you business growth simplified. For more information on Business Finishing School or their Business Growth Summit event, visit businessfinishingschool.com.